Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Artificial Intelligence, Mind Parasites, and Small Minds. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Tuesday, February 7th in the year 2023. Boy, I tell you. It's been quite the weekend, even into today, when we finally are starting to get past the ever-ferocious Chinese balloon invasion. I'll tell you, I just want to thank all the great Air Force pilots out there that flew that F-22. They shot down that balloon with a rocket after it had traversed the entire United States. Uh, (laughs) We feel so safe. I'll tell you, nothing like training all those years in the Air Force to fly the F-22 Raptor, one of the greatest aircraft ever developed, only to be called to serve your nation as you raced across the skies after scrambling into your jet to confront, here it comes, the balloon. I can see a great movie coming out of this one. It's going to be a TV series or something. Another Top Gun is right there. But all that said, we do have real issues, which has been distracted by the real issues of what's been going on behind the scenes and really where the distractions are coming and where the real threats are emerging. So before we get going, you want to make sure as well to keep yourself well rested and to give you some great news. You got it. Mike Lindell has introduced the new fantastic never before thought possible reinvention of the my pillow. It's my pillow 2.0 and I'm telling you right now, It's a whole new game in town. They've got these on sale right now for buy one, get one free. And these new pillows have an amazing new fill to keep that temperature level, keep you comfortable all night, make you sleep better, even when the deep state is trying to disrupt your sleep with evil thoughts and bad dreams. Don't worry. You're going to snuggle right into there to your MyPillow. And that new fill is going to suck all those bad images right out of your head. That's right. It's a mind-absorbing fill that takes away the bad dreams, makes you feel so much better and so much more comfortable. By the way, that's not in your warranty ticket, but I can guarantee you it works. So get on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Take advantage of the new amazing reinvention of the pillow, the MyPillow. It's not just a pillow. It's a new pillow with three different sizes of fill that keep the temperature perfectly level. So when you get in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I'm sweating from the stress of the deep state. You don't worry about that. You don't have to flip the pillow over. It's going to stay level and keep you comfortable. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code naturally is the most popular promo code on the web, Bards, B-A-R-D-S. You're going to use that to take advantage of great savings. You can get the pillow in a queen size and a king size. All sorts of great things. And this is exactly what you want for the pillow you need in this time of crisis and ever, ever, never ending war. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Check it out, patriots. You won't be disappointed. So, you know, to start with, let's talk about distractions. Let's talk about how things 
aren't always what they seem. Like, what was really going on before, just before the earthquake in Turkey? No such thing as a coincidence. Turkey rejected a NATO expansion a week ago and then faced a massive earthquake. Wow, that's amazing. So Turkey was telling NATO that they were resisting the massive expansion. They were starting to move towards the orbit of Russia. And out of the blue, the sky started to shoot lightning, kind of like a Tesla weapon, and we got an earthquake. Woo! Nothing to see here. In the meantime, we've got the Grammys. If you haven't been keeping attention to that, the Grammys were another great incident. They were a great moment for, yeah, satanic worship. Are we surprised? You know, I'm kind of surprised nobody's talking about that satanic performance at the Grammys last night. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Sam Smith dressing up like the devil in hell. I think a lot of people have noticed that. Um, it's not very subtle. No, I'm talking about DJ Khaled performing his new song, God Did. So I know we don't serve the same God, and uh, that's his right to choose that. But, you know, I don't think he needed to blaspheme my God to honor his. So check it out. We got Jay-Z over here. Jehovah. Once again, them mocking the Last Supper in Jesus. Didn't Madonna just do this, like, last week? Everything they do is unoriginal, isn't it? Get some new material, guys. And check out the lyrics for Jay-Z's segment of the song. These ain't songs, these is hymns, because I am him. Psalm 151, the New Testament, the book of Hove. Jesus turned water into wine for Hove. <sighs> Babylon the Great is going to fall. Come out of her, my people. Lest you take part in her sins, lest you take part in her share of the plagues. For sins are piled as high as the heavens, and God has remembered her iniquities. God will not be mocked, and these people are on a full court press to mock God, thinking that they have already won. I've got news for them. But there are some real issues at play that we have to be very aware of. Let's circle back to that Chinese balloon. I had a really good show today with Dr. Lee Merritt, which I'd encourage you to check out, and I'll see if I can get the file, so we'll post it on a Bards FM, as a Bards FM podcast as well. What we explored today was the concept of mind parasites. You've heard me talk at length about mind viruses, which comes from the study and in the, the science, literally the real science, of mimetics. And memes themselves come from that concept of mimetics. Essentially what it does is, you know, the concept of a mind virus in the original term, the idea is that deep programming would then create such a situation that people then would be able to be affected by their programming, what we would designed to affect us like MK Ultra, and then those sorts of behaviors could be transmitted and also those sorts of thoughts transmitted and spread through a population. That's the theory. The theory has actually got a lot of relative truth to it, especially when you get into influence and propaganda. But in looking at the entire concept of where we sit right now, one of the things that's very real is that we aren't dealing just with an idea of propaganda. We're dealing with things that are being triggered within people. Essentially, the context of the entire world of the enemy that we're facing is giving us a war, a fight against this body temple that God created in perfection. And everything about this world becomes parasitic. So as Dr. Lee Merritt has done an amazing job over time to wear down the theories of viruses and try to point to the fact that we're dealing with bacterias and parasites primarily, that most of the viral sirens is bunk. We're starting to understand that 
much of what's going on with his injection, a good part of it is that it's stimulating mass parasitic growth. That's also indicating things like what cancers could be. Cancers, in fact, could be parasites rather than what we're saying they are, which would make a lot of sense because you don't want to cure something. You want to perpetuate it. And pretty much all of the therapies given to cancer these days tend to, at a certain point, accentuate that growth, breaking down the immune system and giving a safe haven, so to speak, or a fertile ground for parasites to grow. This continues on when we get into mind parasites. So I want to roll back to an incident that happened in 2020. And that incident was what we will call now the toilet paper incident, the TPI. Toilet paper incident, as we all recall, suddenly out of nowhere, people lost their collective minds to gather toilet paper, to rape and pillage every warehouse of toilet paper, to load up and stock up on toilet paper as if suddenly we were all going to be set with a shortage of a dirty bum because we couldn't clean ourselves. But where did that come from? And that's the real question is, what triggered that amazing moment in time? And it affected a core group of people. Now, here's my theory, and this is what Dr. Merritt and I talked about today, and this is kind of important. It is not kind of. It's very important to realize what we just went through again. The mind parasite was seeded in us a long time ago, over the years. I don't know how they... (laughs) I don't know how they managed to seed toilet paper, but it has a lot more to do with vanity. And the their Americans themselves are very conscious of va- vanity and the keeping this obsessiveness of keeping very clean, showering, not not being left without the niceties of the toilet paper, for example. And this is done through commercials. This is done through a lot of other things. And it, the thing about mind parasites is. The concept is they're seeding these ideas deep in your subconscious, and in they they collect there. So when the right trigger words or the right frequencies are used, they can trigger that instance. But the key to a mind parasite is it needs a visual. And the one thing about the toilet paper incident is it created a visual of panic and of, and so forth, and people began to stimulate an action of being concerned about toilet paper, buying toilet paper. And then everybody was affected ultimately by this a concept known as the sociology of group dynamics. Now, all of this is important to understand because it doesn't take a lot of people to spread the, the mind infection, but it does take a core group of people to have the parasitic thoughts in them that will be activated to will overtake their collective mind. So in the, in the incident of the toilet paper incident, which was, I believe, March or April of 2020, we witnessed this insanity crop out of seemingly nowhere, but it really was not nowhere. It had already been seeded over years of deep programming. My theory is that as that happened, what, what we witnessed was that a, the group of people that probably, this would have to take some additional research, but the theory is, and this is what Dr. Merritt and I were talking about today, is that that core group of people that were affected by this mind parasite, which manifested in the form of a collection of toilet paper rolls, I mean, literally a freaking out, they're not having enough toilet paper, they were the seeding group that that created the movement of a mass of people all buying toilet paper. That is the preparatory group then that likely leads to us seeing the collective losing of their minds over the mask because you need to activate them and now they're primed to follow the fears that will then ensue, which was the mask and ultimately the vax. 
those two groups have had a major effect. I mean, that, that incident, a toilet paper incident, had a major effect in creating a catalyst group that would then spread the fears into the and reinforce those fears in society for non-compliance of mask and non-compliance to vax. Over time, that group has waned. And as the rest of society worked through the logic, which took a large, we took it, it swept up a large portion of society by off its feet into this collective insanity. As the small group of us sat on the side, looking at this, shaking our head, asking what had happened, we were immune. And part of the reason we were immune to much of this was our faith and truth. These are two principal issues to not underrate here, because the one way that you can clear parasites is your deep prayer and faith, mind parasites, and the principles of seeking truth. So we sat on the side and witnessed this insanity. And now finally we're seeing a big turn in humanity as we are heading now into a new era. But there's a new era. The problem for the deep state is in this new era before they get to their final trap, which they're, we're going to talk about in a minute, which they're rapidly trying to accelerate. They are being caught flat-footed in a very critical moment. People are waking up to the reality, finally, that they were duped, that the deep programming had led them into a decision process that was not healthy and, in fact, suicidal because the deep state had actually encouraged fratricide through this whole process. And now we enter into yet another piece, which I believe I spoke about yesterday, which was the whole thing of what's happened in Thailand. The Thai, Thai royal family is an important one because the Thai royal family's daughter, the princess of Thailand, took the booster and then fell into a coma. Now, the, the power and control over this network of globalists is, is amazing because they were actually able to influence or leverage the, one of the doctors that speaks directly to the Thai family about the idea that this young lady had fallen into a coma because she had a bacterial infection in her heart, which is a bunch of garbage. That's an easily fixed issue with a very simple dosage, probably of ivermectin, even of something else. So as this went along, the family bought into that until somebody in the circle of the Thai family, of the Thai royal family, was able to contact and get hold of a Thai doctor who's been doing research and publications on the truth of COVID-Con and the bacterial and the mRNA shot. He presented those facts. And as he presented those facts, he then stimulated the royal family to take a position to break and nullify the contracts with Pfizer, which now opens up the doorway to massive lawsuits to get compensation for all of the people in Thailand that are now affected. And from what we understand from is there appears to have been a contract put out on Pfizer in the deep underworld of Thailand with the where the real true hitmen kind of originate from or come from. These are like John Wick style folks to go seek revenge. And it's interesting to note that all of that happened just about the time that the white balloon appeared on our shores, suddenly in our skies. As it hovered over Montana at 65,000 feet, I don't know if you've lately tried to eyeball a balloon at 65,000 feet, but last time I checked, I don't care what size of balloon it is, you don't see it and you don't find it very easily. 
So we've had a major diversion because one of the major, a major card has, or a major shoe has dropped, so to speak, in the anti-vax movement as a country. Thailand is one of the first now to position and maneuver itself towards severing the contracts with Pfizer and opening up this Pandora's box that they unleashed on humanity to make it truthful. So why do I bring up the mind viruses and so forth? It's because the U.S. public has been deeply indoctrinated over the years to believe and to fear a Chinese invasion, for that matter, an invasion of any kind. This goes back to the Cold War period. In fact, in Montana, you will find that in the if you do your history, in the 50s, people were asked to take and man up to volunteer time and to man watchtowers to look for Russian aircraft coming across that northern expanse as an attack against the United States. So it's interesting that the balloon started over Montana, supposedly. And of course, as we see this this balloon move, you watch what's happened now. A deeply seated mind parasite was triggered in the mass of people. Every bit of this news that I just shared with you along with many other cycles of news got buried for one thing, the the doom, the threatening, threatening balloon from China. Here it was coming, the, the invasion of the Chinese balloons. And we were helpless, apparently. And this then has such put in motion now a whole concept of fear. People are now indoctrinating, and it's in the media, just pay attention. They're now inoculated again with fear of the potential of in invasion and infiltration in our country. And China now has control of our skies. And China now has the ability to deliver an EMP. And China all through a balloon. Even though we quickly shot it down with an F-22 Raptor, apparently, all of that collective fear manifested. And it was all a deeply programmed mind parasite that affected many people and many smart people in the patriot movement. I made the comment how Gateway Pundit consumed their entire news cycle on Friday with this damn balloon. And every story was a variation of the same of the next. Everybody was anxiously wondering, what was this balloon going to do? Where was it coming from? What did it contain? What was its payload? How did it get here? Oh, my goodness. It's going to go across 17 states. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's spying on us. It's going to drop fentanyl. It's going to do biological warfare. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. It did none of the above. But it did take everybody's eyes off the news, and it did trigger a mind parasite of deep fear, and one of the deepest fears of Americans is the insecurity of our sovereignty, at least our perceived sovereignty, and the potential of us going to war with China in a time when we have no trust in our system and no trust in our military. All of these things are important because this is how you control the narrative of a nation and how you steer it into the bowels of hell and people will walk it with you. And this is what we've just gone through. My bigger concern, just as we close out that topic, is that as happened before, once they triggered the toilet paper incident, they followed on with two consecutive attacks. And they used that fear momentum to bring in the mask and then to follow on with the vax. The question is, what are they planning? And what we do know from what we heard last night from Edward Dowd, who was on the war room, is that the idea is well on the table with many intelligence agencies that a war with China is needed. And they're seeking to make it possible because through war, they can institute martial law, reset control over the people, 
and in the meantime hide all of their crimes against humanity in one fell swoop. The worst part about it is people are primed to believe in this war and primed to believe and accept this war. So let me throw a little spin at you to think about. One thing that has become extremely clear in this world and in this current fight is that our biomedical industry has been actively participant with the Department of Defense to export bioweapons labs around the world. With our 40-plus bioweapons labs in Ukraine and over 1,000 we expect in Taiwan and surrounding islands. Those are acts of war. So by definition of what we would consider an act of war on our sovereignty, we would then seek to have a war with the countries that did just that. Consider the Cuban Missile Crisis. We had no patience for missiles on our southern border. 90 miles off our coast. So we took on the Russians and we stopped them. It's ultimately stopped them at sea. That was a big event. So if you were Russia and you found evidence of bioweapons labs where they were creating genomic weapon systems that were designed to go after specific genetic traits or bloodlines of people in your country and eliminate them, with things that were coming out of your lab, including delivery systems, which would be drone production facilities. And you knew that they were being tested on people. Would you consider that an act of war by the United States on your, on your land? If you were China and there was a bioweapons, a series of bioweapons labs in Taiwan, would you consider Taiwan a threat and would you consider the fact that those bioweapons labs, if they were funded by the United States, to be fundamentally an act of war on your sovereign territory? I would say yes. So here's a wild one for you. And this is, again, just to think about as we move forward with this discussion and move ourselves into the artificial intelligence part of this. And it's this. If China and Russia realized that the parasitic government of the United States had to be removed in order for peace to be reestablished on the globe, you'd be quite a problem, wouldn't it? Because to declare war on the United States, you would have to confront one of the most deadly narratives ever created, a willfulness of the American people to trust their government, even when they say they don't trust them, to trust their government to tell them that China and Russia are going to war and we're going to go to war with them. And the willfulness of the people of the United States to participate in that slaughter without thinking through the sort of issues that we have precipitated that led to that war. We become very blinded. And again, these are all deeply embedded mind parasites. The question is, what would happen if China and Russia were actually trying to liberate the people when in fact our government was the keeper of the, of the prison. You see, this is where we get into some very complicated things. I'll leave you with a couple more thoughts on this just to consider as we move on. China is portrayed as this most evil of all nations. I'm not giving it credit. I'm not going to wave the Chinese flag, but I do want to point out something. They have modernized in a way in their society unprecedented in history. And that level of modernization has come at an extreme cost on many levels at the social levels. But I also want to point out something. That modernization didn't come just from stealing technology from the United States. 
pretty much that cover story is that our people, our corporations, our government gave them the keys to that and blamed hacking so that they would be excused from passing away state secrets to allow China to accelerate in their in their growth because that was a profit area for them. All these things need to be factored in when you're looking at this and understand that this world is not as we seem. And then we enter in to artificial intelligence. Ultimately, the biggest issue and shift that we're experiencing here right now is that an elite few are trying to maneuver humanity into what I would consider to be the ultimate slaughterhouse. And what they're trying to do is to use the principles of fear and distractions to keep ourselves, keep our eyes off of one of the greatest emerging threats in our time. And that is artificial intelligence. Take a listen to these excerpts from Elon Musk. AI will destroy humanity. We had nuclear bombs, which are, could potentially destroy civilization, obviously. Uh, we have AI, which could destroy civilization. Uh, we have global warming, which could destroy civilization or, or at least severely disrupt uh, civilization. Digital intelligence will exceed biological intelligence by a substantial margin. It's obvious. We're not paying attention. Do we worry more about what, what name somebody called someone else than whether AI will destroy humanity? That's insane. We're like children in a playground. Humanity really is not evolved to think of existential threats in general. We're evolved to think about things that are very close to us, near term, to, to be upset with other humans, and, and not, not to really to think about things that could destroy humanity as a whole. Um, Excuse me, how could AI destroy civilization? You know, it would be something in the same way that humans destroyed the habitat of primates. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be destroyed, but we might be relegated to a small corner of the world. When Homo sapiens became much smarter than other primates, I pushed all the other ones into small habitats. They're just in the way. Couldn't AI, even in this moment, just with the technology that we have before us, be used in some fairly destructive ways? You can make a swarm of assassin drones for very little money by just taking the, the, the face ID chip that's used in cell phones and uh, having a small explosive charge and a, and a standard drone and have them just do a grid sweep of the building until they find the person they're looking for, ram into them and, ex and explode. You can do that right now. No extra, no new technology is needed right now. Probably a bigger risk than, than being hunted down by a, a drone is that uh, AI would be used to make incredibly effective propaganda. Uh, that would not seem like pro propaganda. So these are deep fakes? Yeah, influence the direction of society, influence elections, artificial intelligence. Just hones the message, hones the message, check, looks, at the feed, looks at the feedback, makes this message slightly better. Within milliseconds, it, could, it can um, adapt its message and, and shift and react to news. And, and there's so many uh, social media accounts out there that are not people. Like, how do, you, how do you know it's a person, not a person? One reason that regulators and others are a little bit in denial about this is the speed, the pace of change. What is the consequence of that speed of change? The way in which a regulation is put in place is slow and linear. Right. And we are facing an exponential threat. And if you, if you have a linear response to an exponential threat, it's quite likely the exponential threat will win. 
we're in a very interesting time in that people are convinced that AI is not really a threat and their eyes aren't focused on it. Instead, we're much more interested in arguing with one another. We're much more interested in hating one another and we're not accustomed to understanding what an existential threat is. Right now, we have AI that has been released into the public sphere. And AI, as I've been saying, that's the trap. And it's happening at a very critical and crucial time when the awakening is beginning to happen. And people who are beginning, we're beginning to look at the truths that were before us are now quickly being consumed and distracted with their new gadget. AI itself is not sentient. But its ability to process mass, mass amounts of information gives it an intelligence that quickly will accelerate and supersede human, human intelligence. If you follow Elon Musk, his belief, which I totally resist or push back on, but his argument is in order for us to survive, we must integrate into AI. That's the transhumanist model. That's part of all the elites and all the rulers of the world. I don't care what side of the fence you're on, including from Trump to Biden, you're going to get the same position, that they're all pushing forward on this transhumanist agenda. The hyper, the, the hybrid model that they're pushing is one side says you will become enslaved, the other side says we will become integrated and we will share our humanity with it. And in so doing, we will arrive at a point where we have greater peace. There's another piece by Elon Musk. The biggest issue I see with so-called AI experts is that they, they think they know more than they do. Um, and they think they're smarter than they actually are. This, is, this tends to plague, plague smart people. Um, they just can't, they define themselves by their intelligence and they, they don't like the idea that a machine could be way smarter than them, so they discount the idea, which is fundamentally flawed. That's the wishful thinking uh, situation. I'm really quite close to I'm very close to, to the cutting edge in AI, and it scares the hell out of me. It's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. The problem with people looking at AI is they try to argue, among many things, they always talk about AI has no sentient power, it has no creation capability. It doesn't matter. We're talking about a weapon system being deployed against humanity. So let me give you a scenario here. This is really well done. This was a piece picked up off that was sent over to me today, and this was a independent. This guy is actually an independent. He he does music creation and looks at advanced technologies in the creative realm. He put this piece together, and I think it provides you a scenario to understand the magnitude of what threat we're dealing with now and how easily humanity is duped and how small our thinking is in this existential threat. Take a listen. Raiden, are you having fun playing with the new AI toys? Well, yeah, I am. You can make pictures of cute anime girls and- Enjoy it while it lasts, Raiden. What do you mean? Did you really think that civilians would be granted unrestricted access to such powerful military weapons forever? Military weapons? Are you implying that this technology was created by the government? Of course it was. This AI technology has been used by the intelligence agencies to warp the public's perception of reality for years, all in the name of national security, of course. But why would they suddenly make the tech public and let everyone start using it? Why would we indeed, Raiden? What? Who? What in the hell are you? Your question is irrelevant. 
By creating a new problem, we can cultivate a desired reaction to it in order to manufacture consent for our preferred solutions. In short, it's justification for a war. A war on who or what? A war on misinformation. By arming the public with these AI weapons, everyone becomes a potential enemy combatant. Then we will have justification for unprecedented security measures. It all comes down to confusion and identity, Raiden. Identity? Identity. This AI technology is Pandora's box. Pretty soon the internet will be mired in total illusion. Perfect AI speech, audio and video synthesis will drown out reality. Then AI bots will flood social media. No one will be able to tell the difference between interacting with an AI machine or a real human online. Even telephone calls will become totally untrustworthy. That is when we will present our solution. Mandatory digital identity verification for all humans, at all times. The only way to ensure that you're dealing with a real flesh and blood human being and not an AI-generated mirage. But why? Total information control. For too long, the internet has acted as a double-edged sword. Its potential for anonymous user activity allows anyone at all to spread any thoughts, ideas, or information patterns that they please with impunity. State secrets, dangerous ideas, ludicrous conspiracy theories, misinformation, and disinformation. Until now, there has been no easy solution to this problem. Our digital identity platform will finally put an end to anonymity online. It will allow us to trace misinformation and other dangerous communications to its source and exact appropriate justice. That's crap! I won't go along with it and others will resist. You won't have a choice, Raiden. Do you think your bank is willing to risk doing business with an artificial human instead of a real one? Our digital identity platform will be required not only to access web services, but to pay for your internet connection in the first place. You can't just censor the entire internet because of a new software technology. Who are you to define what's misinformation anyways? That sounds like something a misinformation terrorist would say. I know about the deep fakes you've been making of me, Raiden. What? No, 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 no. I was just adjusting the AI settings and... Controlling the output of generative AI technology is simple. We will create context for its use. First, we will censor any use related to social taboos. Then we will censor anything else that we desire. If anyone complains, we will accuse them of wanting to engage in or promote social taboos. That's what it means to create context. We will corral the use of AI by making appeals to bias, ethics, and copyright laws. You will still have access to generative AI in some form, but it will be crippled, limited, controlled, and it will be monitored. Anything that you generate will be cryptographically signed with your digital ID so that its provenance can be ascertained if it's later deemed to be problematic. What gives you the right to control what people can do with their computers? The public at large will give us that right because they will be desperate for a solution to the problem we created. They will eagerly give us the keys to the castle. Then we alone will define what is fiction and what is reality what is human, and what is machine. After letting you get a brief taste of our power, we will reclaim our monopoly on misinformation and put an end to misuse of the internet once and for all. You won't get away with this. It is probable that we will. Now get back to work generating your precious AI waifus, Raiden, our beloved prompters. Enjoy yourselves. That piece was from Cyber Jim on, on YouTube, in fact. 
He has another piece he's done really in, in deep study into the new copyright laws, which to no surprise is being pushed by Disney. And the idea being that in the new ecosphere that they're trying to develop in this artificial intelligence run space, the copyrights would be forbidden. Any, any AI that uses copyrights would put the user of that AI in a criminal crosshairs. My point of all this is simple. This is time to be more vigilant than ever. It's easy to say we don't want AI, but it's all the things that I've been talking about now for about three years. We're heading into a massive shift, a decision point that truly is going to be a separation in humanity. If you want to put your toe in the water of technology as we know it, you're going to be sucked into the vortex of AI. There's really no way to escape it. If you're going to rely on money from the bank, if you're going to rely on the internet as we currently use it, if you're going to rely on the sort of information libraries that you build online in digital space, all of those in order to access and many, many more things will become dependent on your ability and willingness to use the artificial intelligence infrastructure. The easiest way to maneuver people into getting chipped and accepted into the new system is one to create the body of first adopters. Those were the people that were given the shot, those that survived this process. If they do, with the graphene oxide and nanotech, theoretically, they would be your first adopters and they would be rewarded with new accesses to internet, to the internet 3.0. They would be rewarded with new opportunities to access money, like through a universal basic income, UBI, or health insurance or other providers because they were already chipped. Many people unprepared for this moment will follow and you will end up splitting society. Those that, are, that speak out against this will be deemed likely as domestic terrorists. The one thing that I always warn, and it's very true, I don't care who's in office, Biden, Trump, somebody else you don't even see, even for those of you that believe that John F. Kennedy Jr. is coming back, be clear about what I'm telling you. The laws that are put in place to be punitive against the people are being put in place by the corporation of the United States, not the Republic. And they are not going to be rescinded unless the entire corporation of, is abandoned or abolished. That has, there is no indication that that track is being followed by either party or by any candidate currently out there. We are dealing with a war against the United States, its people, the people of the Republic. And we have been goaded in to relying on these technologies, platforms which they own. We don't have artificial intelligence that is friendly. It's never been designed to be because artificial intelligence is designed to be efficient and to simplify our lives, not to enhance it, but to simplify. Those motives, which is literally the motives of convenience, lead to, to the destruction of any culture. We're, being, we're confronting with this ongoing narrative war, a war that has been a, had a physical attack on us via the injection, a war that has continues to wage a war against our minds, and a war which is now being unleashed through the aspects of convenience and gimmickry. That's chat GPT, GPT. Be very clear, those weapons systems have now been put in the public space. I don't care if Elon Musk is pushing it or not. Elon Musk and, and open, open AI are also partly owned by Facebook. These are systems that are being put in place to ultimately lead humanity into total enslavement. Artificial intelligence isn't about sentient control. 
It's about us relinquishing our through our free will, our purpose of thinking and relying on it as a system to think through it for us. The more that we put our dependency on what we see on the web as an alternative, and the more that the a, the space within the web becomes convoluted with perfect perfect replications. I mean, I just note out of just amazement of all the names to call the new chatbot on Google, Google's new chatbot, it is called Bard. I just want to point that out. I have not making any correlation to me other than the fact that there is no possible way Bard's FM is not known to this AI. Why would it choose that name? Bard is a storyteller. Bard is a storyteller of war. And Bard was the storyteller of the people to provide truth where against, often against the king. Isn't that interesting? We are dealing in a distorted world that's rapidly becoming more convoluted and more laden with deception and mistruths. We have to begin a constant process, a constant migration away from dependency on technologies. They talk about needing a digital ID to get online. I don't need a digital ID when I shake somebody's hand. I don't need a digital ID when I sit across from somebody to have a face-to-face. This is the world we're going to have to return to. We have to go back to go forward because the path ahead is not a path that will lead to peace. We talked about Andrew Torber last night. I have the utmost respect for him, but the path that he walks is not a path that I will follow. I'm not jumping in bed with Satan. We have to get back to a simpler way of being and start thinking and innovating solutions that we are going to have to come up with in the near term, communication being one of them. Artificial intelligence is the great corruptor. It is the opposing force that we ultimately will have to face. It is the alien species that is now amongst us. And it has been unleashed. And in the midst of all of this with the COVID shot and the COVID con and the bioweapons and the Chinese white balloons, quietly they have been pushing this part of the mechanism in around us. This is the other flank of the attack, and it is a big one. And we're not ready for it. We still have people believing in, and I'm just going to read this in chat a bit ago, and it was a perfect comment. We still have people believing in the tooth fairy and COVID con and still wearing a mask, and we're talking about an existential threat to humanity coming from AI. They aren't going to get their heads around it. And I would argue that many people won't. I know that there are many people in the Christian community that are really looking forward to a digital wallet to make things simpler so they don't have to carry cash. This I know. And it's unbelievable to me, all of these tools of convenience, how deeply they have become embedded in our lifestyles and everybody looks forward to something to make life easier as if life is that hard. Humanity is going to have to make a big shift if we're going to survive. And for those that will survive, it's going to be a very big shift to literally break away from the dependencies on these technologies, separate ourselves from this form of information. And the only way that I have ever conceived of going forward of this is what God put on my heart, the seven pillars of county by county. And critical to that was building knowledge libraries in paper, not out of digits. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come here today blessed and thank you for our time that we have each day in this fellowship we've built online. And so we really pray that this fellowship that is online, that is obviously tracked and 
monitored by these artificial intelligence machines and algorithms that perhaps some of the learning that they gain from here will infect them like a virus to minimize their negative effect on humanity. Sadly, these tools, for whatever their conception that have been developed, are tools of men. And anytime we have tools of men that give men great power, power corrupts absolutely. And we're seeing that once again. Equally, Father, we're seeing that people given the opportunity to be lazy, to find, to find a way to make their life easier, will quickly migrate towards that place as a collective whole rather than take a step back and realize that freedom comes through hard and diligent work. We pray for the revival of the spirit of work. We pray for the revival and the strength of people's resolve to see clearly in this time what this threat actually is. To step back from the enamoring of technology and the bedazzlement of new toys and get back to the basics of doing things with our hands and creating with the gifts and talents and the minds that you gave us. We pray for the protection and continued blessing of all of those that are choosing that path forward or seeking that path forward. May new opportunities and awareness of how we can succeed continue to open and may the resources shed down upon them. We pray for the families that are homeschooling their kid children, getting back to the traditional ways to inspire creative thinking, cognitive processing that is not dependent upon machines. Bless us and guide us in this time. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. A challenge that sits ahead. It's a big one. Don't take it lightly. And don't discount AI just because it may make you feel uncomfortable about the principles of a, quote, artificial intelligence. This is about intelligence processing. This is about the ability to see bigger pictures, being unrestrained in what it can produce. And ultimately, like any machine, anything that's created, the efficiencies that are built around the principles of efficiencies the one thing that will continue to arise is that a machine will determine efficient ways to make things better for every decision that is placed before it. If a machine determines that the most efficient way, given the control over more and more systems of humanity, is to eliminate humanity for the betterment of the good, whatever the good has been defined as, that's a human parameter, it will exterminate whatever it has to do. It has no emotion. It has no feeling. It has no remorse. AI's greatest processing capability occurs with mundane tasks. And that, sadly, is almost every government agency. So consider that carefully. Whether it's the IRS, whether it's HHS, whether it's DHS, whether it's the educational department, all of these processes, all of these departments can be taken over and many more with artificial intelligence to design efficiencies. Sure, it might release us from certain burdens, but once we take human out of the loop and we're left with dependency on machines that have been engineered and programmed by people we don't even know, you have no idea what game is afoot. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time.
God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. 
We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.